0: Hey friends, it is good to be back with you. Today I do want to read a true story to you out of the Old Testament. And uh, this will be our sermon for today, okay? And it will be our time in the Word. Uh, it's a long passage, but it's a great story. I think you'll enjoy it. And I'll pause every once in a while and and talk a little bit about the text. Okay, let's get started. So we'll begin in 2 Kings chapter 4, verse 8. One day, Elisha went on to Shuman, where a wealthy woman lived, who urged him to eat some food. So, whenever he passed that way, he would turn in there to eat food. (laughs) So, this was the prophet Elisha, okay? He was the one who succeeded the prophet Elijah. And these were both great prophets of the Lord. Well, Elisha had just did a wonderful, amazing miracle with a poor woman and her son who were about to starve to death. And their life was saved. God got the glory. And now he has met this rich woman. And she's been kind to him. She's offered him food. Let's continue. Verse 9 And she said to her husband, Behold now, I know that This is a holy man of God who is continually passing our way. Let us make a small room on the roof and put there for him a bed, a table, a chair, and a lamp, so that whenever he comes to us, he can go in there. One day he came there, and he turned into the chamber and rested there. So, as we go through this story, I'm just thinking about what we can learn. What kind of application can we make to our lives? And you know, this Shumanite woman, she made a place for Elisha in her home. He was a prophet of God. He spoke the word of God. So I think we might think of it like this. We should make a place for the word of God in our home. All right. So after all this kindness done to him, Elisha told his servant to find out what he could do for her. Verse 13. And he said to him, Say now to her, See, you have taken all this trouble for us. What is to be done for you? Would you have a word spoken on your behalf to the king or to the commander of the army? She answered, I dwell among my own people. So one thing I see here is she was not doing good works in order to be rewarded. And so I think we, too, must not go around thinking that people owe us for any good works we've done in our life. And we know that works or sacrifices will not buy our way into acceptance with God either. I mean, Jesus himself said in Matthew 9, 13, go and learn what this means. I desire mercy and not sacrifice, for I came not to call the righteous but sinners. So uh, after this woman uh, had said she was content and she didn't need to be paid for her kindness, Elisha basically asked his servant what he thought that might be done for her. What did you think she needs? And in verse 14, it says, Gehazi answered. That was Elisha's servant. He said, well, she has no son and her husband is old. So <laughs> to have a son in that day was uh, a blessing from God. And she had no son. So, and, and I'm just thinking like, you know, there is a similarity to the way that we Come to God. I mean, we come to Him not trying to work for our salvation, um, not saying a specific prayer or trying to be good enough or anything like that, but simply delighting in Jesus. He gives us just what we need. I mean, we received the promise that was made back in Genesis chapter 3, remember? And all the way through the Old Testament. The promise of a son. And God, that would be God's son, Jesus, right? So we see this parallel running through this, this wonderful story of this humanite woman and her son. So let's continue. Verse 15 He said, Call her. And when he had called her, she stood in the doorway. And he said, At this season, about this time next year, you shall embrace a son. And she said, no, my lord, O oh man of God, do not lie to your servant. You can tell she was surprised, and she she responded like we might in our culture today. We might have said, now, Elijah, don't be joking with me. This is not something to tease people about. <laughs> but Elisha was not joking. It was God's word and God's promise. A child would be born. I think this points us to the promise of the Son of God throughout the Old Testament. The one who would bring joy to all the people groups of the earth. Uh, We see the offspring of the woman promised, like I said, in Genesis. And it was also promised to uh, (laughs) Noah and Shem and Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and uh, King David, King Solomon, uh, King Hezekiah, even evil King Ahaz was promised about the virgin who would give birth and the hope that that would bring. So the promise of a son being born is a promise to us, even today. Let's continue with the story. Verse 17. But the woman conceived, and she bore a son about that time the following spring, as Elisha had said to her. That reminds me, um, Remember what the angel Gabriel said to Mary. uh, Luke 1.31 You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus. And this was the Shemini woman's only son, which again points us to Jesus. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. So we see this parallel continuing through the story. Verse 18. When the child had grown, he went out one day to his father among the reapers. And he said to his father, Oh, my head, my head. The father said to his servant, carry him to his mother. And when he had lifted him and brought him to his mother, the child sat on her lap till noon, and then he died. So the child died, and that, of course, points us again to Jesus, right? He died. Romans 5, 8 says, But God chose his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And of all the people that ever lived, Jesus did not have to die. Why? Because he never sinned. Um, God's law says how the soul that sins will die. And we see this early on. Even um, Eve says that God told her that if they ate of the fruit that God told them not to, they would die. And they died spiritually that very day. And then they died physically later. And so this was true for Adam and Eve, and it's true for us today. Romans 5.12 says, Therefore, just as sin came into the world through one man, and death through sin, and so death spread to all men, because all sinned. So, (laughs) death comes to all who sinned. But, the point I'm making is, Jesus never sinned. He did not have to die. And Romans 6.23 says, For the wages of sin is death. Again, we see this, This rule in God's law for the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus, our Lord. So that's the good news. Jesus willingly died for us and we find that all who delight in him will be saved. So let's continue with our story. Verse 21. And she went up and laid him on the bed of the man of God and shut the door behind him then she called to her husband and said send me one of the servants and one of the donkeys that i may quickly go to the man of god and come back again and he said why will you go to him today it is neither new moon nor sabbath she said i love this <laughs> she said all is well <laughs> so what can we learn from this part of the story Look, we should not gripe about our woes to others, our troubles, our trials, but have faith in God's word and his promises like the Shunammite woman did. Instead of saying, all is well, Israel, remember, griped their way through the wilderness when they should have trusted God that he would provide everything they need and, and bring them to the promised land like he promised God's word is true, right? Remember how Abraham responded with faith? That's what I want to do. When God told him to go sacrifice his only son through Sarah, uh Isaac. Hebrews 11:19 says he considered that God was able even to raise him from the dead, from which figuratively speaking he did receive him back. And so We believe in the promises of God, all of them, including God's word that he raised Jesus from the dead. And I think this Shumani woman had the same kind of faith that God made her a promise that she would have a son and he's still in my care. God is able to bring him back from the dead. And I think that's why she said, all is well. Ah, what a great faith she must have and we should have when we go through struggles and trials here on earth that we might say, all is well. Verse 24, then she saddled a donkey and she said to her servant, urge the animal on, do not slacken the pace for me unless I tell you. So she set out and came to the man of God at Mount Carmel. When the man of God saw her coming, he said to Gehazi, his servant, Look, there is the Shumanite. (laughs) So she went to the prophet who had spoke God's promise to her. and, And this was a sign of her faith, I think. You know, faithfulness is truly a sign of faith in God's promise. When we follow through and we walk in God's promise, finding our hope, and our delight in his word, through faithfulness, it's a sign of faith. And when she went to the prophet, and when she said all is well, these are signs of our faith. So uh, Elisha actually told his servant, verse 26, run at once to meet her and say to her, is all well with you? Is all well with your husband? Is all well with the child? And she answered, all is well. (laughs) She said the same thing to Elisha's servant that she did to her husband. All is well. I think this phrase is repeated so many times through the passage that God wants us to get it. He wants us to internalize this way of thinking and trusting him. And so we can see how her faith in God's promise, in his word, it continued strong Even after uh, her promised child died. All right. And you know, sometimes I think about how many of the kings of Israel in Judah, in the Old Testament, they began strong in their faith, but they wavered toward the end of their life. And it's really a sad thing when you're reading through the Chronicles or the Kings. Here's a few of them. I mean, um, at least to some extent, this happened to Solomon to King Asa, King Uzziah, uh, Josiah, I don't want it to happen to me, right? This is, (laughs) I want to be desperate for God, even in my old age. Let's continue on, verse 27. And when she came to the mountain, to the man of God, she caught hold of his feet. And Gehazi came to push her away, but the man of God said, leave her alone, for she is in bitter distress. And the Lord has hidden it from me and has not told me. Then she said, Did I ask my Lord for a son? Did I not say, Do not deceive me? He said to Gehazi, Tie up your garment and take my staff in your hand and go. If you meet anyone, do not greet him. And if anyone greets you, do not reply. And lay my staff on the face of the child Then the mother of the child said, as the Lord lives and as you yourself live, I will not leave you. So he arose and followed her. She held on to God's promise all the way. She persevered in her faith and God wants us to finish well like she did. (laughs) This reminds me of Elijah and Elisha. In Elijah's final days, Elisha had asked that he might have twice the spirit that Elijah had for the Lord. And um, Elijah actually told Elisha, his student, he said, if you are with me when I'm taken up, God's gonna grant that to you. And So we see this same phrase that the lady used. I think it's word for word, actually. And we see that Elisha said this to Elijah over and over many times, actually. Let me just read a bit of that real quick. Um, This will be the long uh, version of the sermon that I'm going to be giving at a nursing home here soon, so I won't. Probably share all this, but let me read 2 Kings 2, beginning with verse 1. Now, when the Lord was about to take Elijah up to heaven by a whirlwind, Elijah and Elisha were on their way from Gilgal. And Elijah said to Elisha, Please stay here, for the Lord has sent me as far as Bethel. But Elisha said, As the Lord lives, and as you yourself live, I will not leave you. So they went down to Bethel and the sons of the prophets who were in Bethel came out to Elisha and said to him, do you know that today the Lord will take away your master from over you? And he said, yes, I know it. Keep quiet. Elijah said to them, Elisha, please stay here for the Lord has sent me to Jericho. But he said, as the Lord lives and as you yourself live, I will not leave you. So the two of them went on. Maybe you're like me. I see so many people who claim to be Christians in today's world. And it could be that many of them are Christians. But what stands out is they are not desperate to the things of God. Do you know what I mean? This humanite woman, I mean, she persevered. She stayed close to the prophet until the promise of God was completed. And Elisha also, right? He would not leave the side of Elijah until he received God's promise. And so many Christians just don't seem to have a hunger for God's word or the new mission in Christ that we have to shine the light on his glory instead of our own glory in life and sharing the good news with the world. Regarding God's word, they might say, you know, I don't understand very much about what I read, so I don't really read that much. It seems pointless to me. They don't stay with it. God has given us a promise that he would reveal the hidden things of the kingdom of God to those who seek. But unlike the Shumanite woman, unlike Elisha, we do not stay with it. We do not continue in God's word until he opens our eyes to see more of his beauty in it. We give up too easy. We don't persevere. We don't have the hunger to be desperate for God's word and the nourishment that only it can provide for us through his Holy Spirit. Um, This reminds me of Jacob also, right? I uh, remember when he strove with God, and I believe this is the same thing. Genesis 32, beginning with verse 26. Then he said, Let me go. and This is God speaking. Let me go, for the day has broken. But Jacob said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. And he said to him, What is your name? And he said, Jacob. Then he said, your name shall no longer be called Jacob, but Israel, for you have striven with God and with men and have prevailed. So does this mean Jacob was stronger than God? No way. You see, it's rather God wants us to be desperate enough to find our blessing and our joy and our delight in in God and not in the world. Um, he wants us to persevere and not give up, but stay with God all the way. I think it was the Apostle Paul who says he presses on toward the uh, the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. <laughs> yeah, he presses on like the Shumanite woman, like Elijah, like Jacob, he did not give up. And this, this is not our Uh, good works that stem out of our own heart. No, but this is God working in us. If you persevere in Jesus, if you have a hunger for the things of God in your life, it's because God himself opened your eyes to see the worth of his only begotten son, Jesus Christ. Let's continue with our story. Uh, Verse 31, we're going to close here pretty soon. Gehazi went on ahead and laid the staff on the face of the child, but there was no sound or sign of life. Therefore, he returned to meet him and told him the child has not awakened. When Elisha came into the house, he saw the child laying dead on his bed. So he went in and shut the door behind the two of them and prayed to the Lord. Then he went up and lay on the child, putting his mouth on his mouth, his eyes on his eyes, and his hands on his hands. And as he stretched himself upon him, the flesh of the child became warm. Then he got up again and walked once back and forth in the house, and went up and stretched himself upon him. The child sneezed seven times, and the child opened his eyes. Then he summoned Gehazi and said, Call this humanite." So he called her and when she came to him, he said, pick up your son. She came and fell at his feet, bowing to the ground. Then she picked up her son and went out. So God raised up this Shumanai woman's only begotten son. Now, (laughs) surely that points us to Jesus. All right, in closing, we saw how this Shumanai woman did not seek any reward for her works, right? And yet, like Abraham, God promised her a son in her old age, and she trusted God's word. And whenever there was a cause for doubt, she said, all is well. Even when the child died, she trusted the promise of God saying, all is well. And God raised the child up. He kept his promise, and she persevered in her faith all the way. and Even so uh, as we look back to the beginning, remember when Adam and Eve they sinned against God, they believed Satan over God and they no longer had righteousness before God even while they were sinners, even as they had no cause for reward in their own righteousness, God still promised His only begotten Son as their only hope and all their descendants. All who would look to him with delight and say, all is well. And so the promised son, Jesus, came. He was born and he lived a perfect righteous life, a life that no one else would. And he willingly died a wicked sinner's death, the death that we all deserve. And he gives his righteousness to all who delight in Him, all who believe in Him, all who call upon Him, all who look to Him as your only hope. And on the third day, God raised Him from the dead. And He gives that same resurrection power over sin's hold through the law. Remember, the wages of sin is death. He breaks that hold because He will raise us up one day because He was raised. And He also gives us that resurrection power over sin's hold in life. Because now we can have victory over sin as we walk with Him in His Holy Spirit. Father God, thank you for this great story about the Shumanite woman whom God promised a son in her old age. And God's promise came true. And she conceived and bore a child. And that child died, Lord. And yet she held on to the promise all the way. She said, all is well. And she went to the source of God's word. And she held on to the ankles of the prophet Elisha. Um, Father, just help us, Lord, to persevere to the very end, not like so many of the kings. Help us to hold on to your word, Lord, even when we don't understand, even when there's cause for doubt. Help us to say, all is well. Help us not to distance ourselves from your word, but to go there, trusting that you're going to open our eyes to see more of your glory, Father, as you did for Jacob, and as you did for Elisha, and as you did for the Shumanite woman, and as you've done for all who look to you as the greatest treasure in the universe. Thank you for the great joy that you give us in Jesus Christ, even in this broken world and the great inheritance you have for all those who delight in you. Help us to share your glory with others, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen.